boxes are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, thanks for joining us uh, here on Winning Ponies. We'll be bringing you a really good show packed with some outstanding races and some outstanding handicappers. I've been keeping an eye on uh, Ed Meyer and uh, how well he's been doing at Saratoga. And I'm like, well, heck, let's bring him in for a couple more races while we can. I know in person that he is having a very good meet at Saratoga. And uh, up in Chicago, boy, I remember Years ago, I remember back in uh, the early 80s. I mean, I was still in diapers then, but I remember it. And that's when uh, they started this race called the Arlington Million. Who had ever heard of a race for a million dollars? And who could forget that first edition? I still don't believe the photo finish. When John Henry and Bill Shoemaker nosed out the Bart at the wire. It was unbelievable. And then for John Henry to come back three years later with Chris McCarron in the saddle and beat Royal Heroin and got Odell Soul, the Derby winner. I mean, this race has so much history to it. And uh, obviously there's more million dollar races now and Arlington's actually had to uh, cut races uh, from uh, their schedule. Uh, One of them that used to be run on this very card uh, that was graded. But uh, this year, the Arlington Million, mile and a quarter on the turf. The Beverly D, grade one, 600,000. And the Secretariat, grade one, 400,000. That one's restricted to three-year-olds. They're all going to happen in Chicago. And, of course, we're lucky we got a guy who's boots on the ground in Chicago. And the daily racing forms, Marcus Hirsch. He joined us so about a month and a half ago when we were covering the uh, Indiana Derby. So uh, Marcus will be our, our second handicapper. Admire our first. And if you are betting these races, you know where you got to go. And who tells you that? Well, Woodbine, who sponsors Winning Ponies, tells us, go get those easy win forms because they're winning all over the country. Of course, uh, Saratoga's fresh on everybody's mind right now. Uh, it was about a week ago. We had a 50 cent pick five that paid 1768 <clears throat> Mountaineer yesterday, a $1 super high five paid 1671 And then let's not forget our friends at Charlestown. We had a $1 super that paid over 5000 And at Laurel, yep, they're still racing there. It was a 50-cent pick five that paid $2,500. Those are your easy win forms. They're easy to get, easy to read. Go to winningponies.com and pick them up. Well, uh, there was a... Scary spill at uh, Del Mar last week. Hopefully, everybody's going to be okay. And sadly, say it was caused by an apprentice, Aziel Espinoza. He got 10 days for the incident. Uh, the most seriously injured was Corey Nakatani, who avoided life threatening injury after his Mount Irish Spring clipped heels with Aussie Fox at the top of the stretch. Um, 
they said Irish Spring was seriously injured and he had to be euthanized. So uh, Nakatani, his agent is his son, Matt, and he says uh, he has cervical stenosis and a herniated disc that's pressing against the spinal cord, but he's scheduled to be released and was released a few days ago. So they say he's okay and everything's moving well. Of course, Corey, like me, no spring chicken. Let's hope he comes back from those uh, injuries okay. So uh, they're thinking he might be back just in a couple of weeks. So these guys are tough. And then Giovanni Franco was also hospitalized Sunday, but he was released and he was already back working out horses this week. So again, it was uh, the young man. Aziel Espinoza, who finished third in the race, disqualified the last for that interference. Hopefully, he'll learn his lesson and polish his riding skills after that. Other news in the nation. Uh, we've got uh, the, uh, <coughs> the, uh, the Whitney was at Saratoga last week. And man, what a race that was. And we got a new big kid on the block. Not that he hasn't been big all year long, but Diversify, a gelded son of Bellamy Road. Yes, he's a New York bred. Irad Ortiz, it looks like almost exclusively has ridden this horse around his career, is now added to the $1.3 million, went wire to wire on what was called a sloppy sealed track at Saratoga. I don't know if you were watching the races that day, but um, they actually delayed the race um, at least 45 minutes. Uh, there were lightning storms that were closing in, and they were asking the people to get undercover, and the horses just kind of they went undercover, and then they got out, and they walked in the rain. And But everybody was really uh, minding their uh, biscuits, shall I say, <laughs> since he was in the race. But it was diversifying. I ran Ortiz going wire to wire in the grade one, $1.2 million Whitney Stakes. Mind your biscuits. Did get the second spot over discrete level. So we'll see where diversify ends up. The Breeders' Cup Classic would be no surprise to anyone. Also on the Saratoga card that day, it was the Longines Test. Grade one, half a million dollars up for grabs. And our man Steady Eddie gave that one out. Separation of Powers got the job done over Mia Mischief in the third spot. Long shot. Kelly's humor. Then, of course, we went to Old West Virginia at Mountaineer Park. The winner in there, Mr. Freeze, Robbie Alvarado Jr., should be arrested for thievery. Absolutely stole this race at 6-1, to one, wire to wire. Uh, getting up for the second spot was a draft pick, a Peter Yurton trainee that shipped in with Joe Talamo. And uh, in the third spot was High North, once on whiskey, I love Flav Van Pratt. What happened? He's winning everything else in the country. Just kind of flattened out when, when he came into the turn. So uh, that was some of the top races from last week, but they weren't the only ones. Uh, Bella Fina sped to victory in the Sorrento Stakes. Um, they were all trying to get to the lead, but only one filly emerged from the pack, and that was Bella Fina, owned by Kaleem Shah. Uh, she didn't break the best, but wasn't asked to hustle up Flavian Pratt, put in a great ride, but she got the job done. They went very fast up front for her. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where uh, she she ends up, but with very impressive. 
that afternoon. Now, how about also out on the West Coast? It was River Boyne who uh, won his last five races over the turf in Southern California, but finally gets the grade. So he got the $150,000 La Jolla handicap uh, at Del Mar. Uh, so we'll see where he pops up next time out, but it was an impressive performance. The Alidar Stakes, that was at Saratoga back on the 5th, and uh, all these horses had made starts in grade or group one company in there, but the uh, top-level contender most people are familiar with is not the one who won, as Realm rallied from near last to outrun Chilean Group 1 winner Curly Off. He's a Hainesfield gelding, so we'll see where he ends up next. Now, uh, Sandy Slew, hope it's okay, uh, sprinted a victory in the Troy Handicap. Now, Sandy Slew, no spring chicken, he's an eight-year-old gelding, and he led at every point of call to win the $200,000 Troy Handicap at Saratoga Racecourse. Now, <clears throat> it was Jose Ortiz that was in the saddle, and he kind of pulled him up just when they got past the finish, and then he dismounted. Uh, he didn't appear to be in great stress, but he was vanned off the track back to the barn. According to Ortiz, he didn't break down. He said he could feel when he started jogging, so he pulled him up, took a bad step near the quarter pole. He says he think it was probably there, but he just kept going into the stretch, showing a lot of heart, and he didn't notice. Then he just thought it was just one bad step that happens a lot in races, but he kept running and got past the wire. So uh, we, we certainly uh, wish uh, nothing but the best for Sandy Slew for a quick recovery. And uh, the yellow ribbon went to Cambodia Reigns. Uh, loves Del Mar. She's a daughter of Warfront. <coughs> Excuse me, got a little uh, frog in my throat there. Uh, but uh, anyhow, it was uh, it, it was Cambodia's earning the first graded win back in 2017 in the grade three uh, at at Pimlico. So this horse has been you know contending with the top people all the way along. Now uh, in the Governor Stakes, this was uh, run on the West Virginia card. It was a son of candy ride. Love that bloodline. Lee Ofrick getting the job done. Uh, he comes out of Brad Cox's barn, and he's a four-year-old son of candy ride. The best race ever of his 11-race career in the rich Governor Stakes there in West Virginia. Now, how about this? Uh, down at Ellis Park, they have what's called the Kentucky Downs Preview Day. And, of course, Kentucky Downs contributes quite a bit to the purses at Ellis Park. So it's only fitting that they have a series of stakes races uh, to get horses uh, ready for that rich, rich meat at Kentucky Downs. Well, how about Sean Bridgemahan? Absolutely owned the day. He won six races on the program, four of them for Brad Cox, who's the meet's leading trainer. Uh, teamed up uh, with Arklau in the $100,000 Kentucky Downs Preview Calumet Farm Turf and Mr. Misunderstood in the $100,000 Kentucky Downs Preview Tourist Mile. Uh, he swept two separate pick threes in sequence uh, with wins of the first three races and then races six through eight. 
Unbelievable. So Sean Bridgemohan, what a week he's getting. Uh, he has to be crowned Jackie of the Week. It'll be interesting to see how many of these uh, good grass horses from Ellis Park end up at Kentucky Downs. I know our friend Jenny Reese would be more than happy to uh, to tell us about uh, how well they did at Ellis and how well they're going to do at Kentucky Downs. Again, Kentucky Downs sends a large chunk of money up to Ellis Park, so it's good for them to have a series of races like that. Um, well, it'll be interesting. Like I said, we're going to be talking with Ed Meyer, uh, going to Saratoga. We might even take a trip to uh, Cleveland because there's a bunch of horses up there uh, that Ed is very familiar with. And uh, then again, we're going to have Marcus Hirsch on. It's like the New York invasion. Uh, Chad Brown is flying in on a private charter. And with him, he's going to have at least five jockeys. Uh, John Velasquez, Irad Ortiz Jr., Jose Ortiz, Joel Rosario, and Florent Giroux. So uh, he didn't make it up last year when he swept the million with Beach Patrol and the Beverly D with Nacita. He is not going to uh, miss the opportunity this year, so he will be in town. Again, we'll be talking uh, with Marcus Hirsch from the Daily Racing Forum uh, about the races at Arlington. And if you've been Tracking the sales up at Saratoga. Wow, what a select group of horses. But uh, I'll tell you, American Pharaoh, from his first crop, did extremely well up there, especially since no one knows what any of those horses are going to do in the long run. But the, the star was Magdalia de Oro. He really had an outstanding sale, and his averages were even that and above American Pharaoh. Well, that's pretty much uh, what's happening on the national scene and what we did. And uh, we're going to uh, take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we're going to be with Steady Eddie, Ed Meyer, to talk about what he's been doing lately and the races, perhaps from coast to coast. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. We'll be right back after this break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds, incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America, experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days, get access to free handicapping material, and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, the man I admire, Mr. Ed Meyer, uh, one of the most, I got to say, the most frequent uh, guest here on Winning Ponies, the former host of this show. Uh, he's an odds maker, he's a race caller, and he's a writer. Ed, how you doing, my bud? Good evening, John. What's happening? Well, what's happening is a little radio show called Winning Ponies where we bring on the finest handicappers in the country, and I'm talking to one right now. And also, I want to know, like I told people, you'd like to tickle the keys every now and then. Uh, what's up on some of your uh, writing venues of late? Well, as of, as of late, actually, uh, for Winning Ponies, I, like to, I really like to kind of go in-depth and take a peek at what's happening What's happening out there in the world of racing? And you know, this this past weekend, I, or this past week, I should say, I was really kind of pondering on you know the state of racing, and you know where racing was once king. It was baseball, horse racing, and boxing, and we we can remember all the big three and and how the king kind of you know became complacent. And you know, we'll get around to it. It was like that squirrel who didn't find any nuts and acorns during the summer and just rolled in the the summer sun all day long. Well, that was the the part of my last my last writing for winning ponies was how in fact, you know, it, in a sense racing became that squirrel that was having too much fun. Now I'm going to go back 40 years that they had too much fun in the sun and they didn't plan for the future and how racing is actually transitioning and actually trying to reinvent itself and become a little more family-friendly. And it, it's all pretty good. It's kind of a, you know, an evolution of the whole squirrel in the sun story. But, uh, you know, racing was once king. But uh, I, think, uh, I think it's definitely on a good track right now. I, I hope so because I remember those days, too, when uh, in – you know, it was upstate New York. I mean, Saratoga. The charts were in the news. The entire charts were in the newspaper the next day, and even in uh, uh, Cincinnati. You know, in the Midwest, and I'm sure it was the same way out in L.A. They had every racing result of every track that was going, and uh, it's hard to find now results of the Triple Crown in most papers. Oh, it is, and you know, it, it's sad. I mean, I remember. I remember opening up the the racing form. I mean, you, you, you'd almost want to smell it. it. It just had that that earthy smell to it, and, and you you wanted to be as close to racing as humanly possible. There wasn't a major newspaper in in the states that you actually just couldn't open up and tear wait to tear it open to read the racing section. Andy Byer, Jenny Reese. I mean, just a name, just a name two that pop off the top of my head. That, that, that covered we had people that covered New York and in the Florida scene and Chicago. Chicago and in California and Kentucky and and you know your Marty McGee's of the world. I mean, when they when they actually wrote and you see, it's kind of getting smaller and, and it you know in a sense it kind of breaks my heart. But you know I I do understand the business of it and you know I hope that there can be a little revival here to to start the fire burning again. But it, it John it it breaks my heart. Well, I guess part of it, too, and, and really, just like what you said, we just kind of 
we, we let the times go by. We, we were fat and sassy, and people were paying to get into park and then paying to get in the grandstand and then paying to get a seat. And now, let's face it, 99% of the tracks in the country have free parking, free admission, uh, you know, and uh, it's just a matter of, hey, how do we get them back? I really do think that the sport was complacent for a while, but it was also replaced by other sports and also with the advent of more modern sport viewing and the broadening of uh, the fan base for other sports, all of a sudden you had sports editors that grew up just kind of, uh, you know, golfing and maybe watching a little bit of baseball and uh, then, then you know, covering, you know, rooting for their favorite college team. And it seems like after a while, that just took over for where the racing pages used to be. And uh, I, I don't know if there was any, you know, direct formula, but you think about it, you know, they all grew up watching those sports. So all of a sudden when they got to be editors of the papers, it was like that was what was important to them. And ergo, that's what they make you see. Well, so many times, John, I mean, in racing, uh, racing is just the, the one that, you know, we, we, we're talking about it right now. But there's many sports that actually kind of fell behind. But there's so many models out there. Take NASCAR, for instance, where it was once on the back page of any page. And now they're front page everything news. They're on the front page of the paper. And there, there's so many sports that I think racing can actually use as a model. The NBA, uh, the NFL. There's, there's so many wonderful, wonderful uh, avenues out there to reach out to the people and still keep this alive. I don't think I, I think racing has been given a standing eight count, but actually they're in the corner, they're, they're rested up, they're drawing in that breath, and I think they're ready to come out swinging again, but it's going to take a while. And, and I think it's more important than any time else, and I actually touch on this in all my blogs and writings for Winning Ponies, is bring someone new to the races. It's, it's basically our responsibility to pass that torch because it was passed to us long ago. And bring somebody new. And then bring somebody that hasn't been to the races in a while. It's great to fall in love all over again. And, and I've been seeing it for over the years. You see what once was a father and son. Now the son is bringing the father to the track, and there's a grandson. And it always, always makes my heart smile when I see that. But if you're actually out there and you're listening, please bring somebody new to the races. Show them what a glorious and the beauty and pageantry of racing and walk down to the paddock, get the feel, go to the rail, the sights, the smells. You're not going to get this anywhere else. It's as exciting as any sport out there, and I'm not being biased. It's, I mean, we have so many new people that come in the door. Now, granted, they may not be the biggest betters in the world, but they're just learning. And I think it's our responsibility to pass the torch. Well, one place that puts on a great show is Saratoga, and you do have to pay to park and get in and get a seat. I'll tell you what, the grade two Adirondack, Ed, $200,000, six and a half. These are the girls, two-year-old fillies. This is like a who's who of trainers that know how to get two-year-olds ready. Wesley Ward, Todd Pletcher, Steve Asmussen, and, uh, you know, maybe not known as many, uh, is even uh, Ed Coletti. He, he's batting 24% with his two-year-olds. And a guy by the name of Jeremiah Engelhart, uh, when he comes in with a two-year-old, 22%, then when he gives him a rest, he comes back and wins 25%. I know that we don't have a whole lot to do with their 
race performance on track, but uh, th- this makes for a very interesting race to handicap. The favorite in here, Lyrical Lady, recorded the highest speed buyer in her only uh, debut. Uh, but, uh, I mean, when you look at this group of trainers, there's reason to give some look at some of the other fillies. Oh, I, I agree. Starting with Lyrical Lady, 6-5, to five, Ricardo Santana for Asmussen. And these guys are just tearing it up. Asmussen is winning at 30% at the spa. And Ricardo Santana is respectable at 17. I see a whole lot of speed here. But if you've ever subscribed to the bounce theory, I think this gal may need a race or two to really kind of find herself maybe even a little longer. I'm not going to say there's going to be a great regression in here, but I see a few others. As I kind of went through it, I said, I see a whole lot of speed. And then I kind of got to the very bottom, and I came to Sue's Fortune for Jeremiah Englehart and was an incredible winner by eight and a half lengths. Now, this is a New York-bred daughter uh, of Jumpstart, John, and won at Belmont, but it was against New York-breds. But I'm not going to discount that because what, what I'm looking at is a real stalker here with all the real brutal speed that could be out there. I could see Sue's fortune maybe being third or fourth and settling out. Junior Alvarado is, is aboard, and John, he's really flying under the radar. I believe he may have had two wins at Saratoga today. I was kind of off and on. I know he had one, and I believe a little later in the card, he really flies under the radar. He's winning 21% on the year and 51% in the money. Sue's fortune to me look to be that gal that could actually just lay just off the pace and maybe make a, you know, be a poised to pounce move. And I know this is a New York-bred daughter of Jumpstart, and I know there's some real, there's some real name power in here, but I really like this filly, and, and I'm kind of excited, especially at 4-1. to one. I'm, I'm seeing some pretty good value. Uh, let me tell that. I, I've been watching New York-breds win graded stakes races unrestricted, you know, for the last two years. So I, I throw that right out the window. Now, if you told me, you know, she was a North Dakota bred, I might raise my eyebrows <laughs> a little. Okay. But being a New York bred is, is not a black mark anymore. But it will be an interesting race to watch uh, because of the short field. It's early on the Saratoga card, the third. And then we go on to a race, uh, the four-star Dave handicap. It's a grade one, half a million dollars. And I'm looking, uh, y- y- you're an odds maker. And th- I, this was a head scratcher to me. They made weak Weekend holiday, uh, hideaway, three to five. And as I started looking at this group, I, I believe you can make a case for every horse in this field, Ed. I don't think there should be a three to five shot. Well, I guess the duality of that is Weekend Hideaway is an MTO, a main track only. And if they do come off the inner turf that day, Weekend Hideaway is going to jump in there, and probably so. He should probably be low. But when it, when it comes time to actually, and, and you should really, any, any listener that you have out there should dive into reading some articles, and actually I put up a few over Winning Ponies in their, you can go back in their catalog of, of blogs and, and stories and such about, there's a formula that goes along with making a morning line. You just don't throw darts and... and, and I'll tell you this, 20 years ago, I would have thought the same. And there's many people out there that believe you just assign the odds and move on. But there's a great formula that goes along with it. But Weekend Hideaway is a, is a main track only. And you're right, if it, if it rains and really gets nasty up there, who knows? I, I, think it, I think at three to five on the main track, possibly, because there's going to be a lot of scratches. But somebody that really, if they stay on the inner turf, John, I really like this, uh, this runner here. It's made you look. 
Four to one's Luis Saez. Now, this is another guy who's actually flying under the radar. Now, the Ortiz brothers are going to be in Chicago. And Luis Saez is riding for Chad Brown that day. Brown's winning 26% of the time, and there's still so much talent. They are so deep in New York with talent. Made You Look has won one for one on the Saratoga inner turf on the grade two with anticipation back in 2016. That's how far back that made you look kind of caught my eye here. Prior to that, he broke his maiden going on the inner turf, going at six furlongs. So those tighter turns aren't going to bother this colt by more than ready. Had a very nice race in the grade three poker, and John ran second to Oscar Performance, who I believe is the Arlington Million morning line favorite. Yes, sir, you are correct. So now, with that, I, I see made you look kind of taking advantage of, of some of the early foot in here, and I, I see a pretty solid runner right here, and especially if you're getting anywhere near that price. I, I'm, I'm all about value right now, and, and you know, you're seeing a solid work on August 3rd over the, over the Oklahoma training track, uh, the, be, uh, the 5 of 49 that day, going 48 and 3 for 4 furlongs. The tight turns don't phase him. Saez aboard, and Castellano was actually slated to ride, and it looks like he opts to ride the two-horse, and that is Delta Prince, who's also going to be a monster. And I think if you actually box those two up, you might get a real surprise. Delta Prince is four to one and two for two in the money at Saratoga. So there's a whole lot to respect here, but my two dollars to win would definitely go on made you look. I think you're gonna get much better than four to one and Luis Saez teaming up with Chad Brown is is double dynamite. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to play heart to heart. I think it's a catch me if you can. I love seeing seven-year-old horses, not geldings, uh, that are well-bred, still in the racing game. This horse has run in 11 consecutive graded stakes. You cannot make that case for anybody else in this field, though some of them are obviously younger than him. But this is current form, 11 graded stakes races. That says a lot for me. Julian Leigh, Peru, will be in the saddle. I'm surprised he didn't pick up some stuff at Arlington. But, you know, this horse is closing in on $2 million. I just love seeing horses, meaning they got all their hanging down things in order uh still <laughs> racing when they're seven years old you know so uh that that that's guy i i look forward to this race i think it's catch me if you can and i'm certainly not going to dismiss billy mott he's uh given some uh a time off for yoshida after trying ascot and really only got beat a length and a half and a 15 horse field in the grade one queen and stakes so coming back here but we'll need the grass to do his best effort. Uh, well, Ed, before I let you get away here, I know there's something that's kind of in your backyard, a couple horses you've seen run a lot, and it's going to be an interesting race up at Thistledown. It's a $75,000 Honey Jay, okay? You've got in there the two-time Ohio Horse of the Year. You've got the three-time Ohio champion sprinter, and the horse that's beaten him his last two races, Altissimo. Rivers Runs Deep is going for a five-peat in the Honey Jay. Who'd you like in here? You know, I think you're going to make me stand in the corner and read the uh, read the daily racing form over and over until I come out and have my headset. I'm going to pass on Rivers Run Deep, and I'm also going to pass on Mo. I, I think that uh, turning back from a mile and a sixteenth, and 
It was a nice second-place image. Altissimo actually woke up that day in the Genoma Memorial of Belterra, and Rivers Run Deep ran a game race. Now, he's 7-for-7 seven in the money at Thistle, but I'm still going to pass. I'm going to pass on Altissimo. I'm going to pass on Cake Pop. I'm going to pass on Mo, who I think may need a little time down, and that's just me guessing from the, I think, is a very talented son of Uncle Mo. But I'm going to go all the way and I'm going to go all the way to the outside with number seven, Brown Buckeye. Uh-huh. Ricardo Feliciano winning 29% for Benny Feliciano, who's winning 41%. This is, an, this is an undefeated son of Big Brown who's won twice outside of Ohio Company. Cleveland is his home. And I think that this is a real acid test here. I mean, these are some nice allowance races. Not winners of one other than, two other than. This is the next logical step. Last time out was bumped, clear in hand late, and just did everything to his own bidding. I think Ricardo Feliciano is the hot jock. I believe he is uh, 7 for 10 in the last seven days. You've got to respect the connections. It's his track. He loves it. He's 5 for 5 on it. He's undefeated. He hasn't done anything wrong. What the hey? Let's take a shot and get a little bit of a price. Very interesting. This horse kind of snuck up on me. I guess, you know, because he has not been running in stakes competition yet, uh, but appears to be a really solid sprinter. But I know that you've seen and called a horse that's won over $331,000 by the name of Proper Discretion. Proper Discretion, yes. This is her brother. So, you know, holy for, holy. yeah, e- yeah, even, even better, John, it's, it's the bloodlines that you're, you're extremely strong on and your listeners can really pick up and glean some really good pieces of, you know, now granted, this isn't going to take over the Arlington million card, but in fact, this is a really nice, little exciting Ohio stakes. And, you know, when, when you mention things like that, I, I think that is really helpful information to all the listeners out there. Um, I threw another race at you. I don't know if you had a chance to get to it. I know you've been working all day. Did, did you get a chance to look at the Best Pal? Mm, yeah, I did. I, I, I did take a peek at the Best Pal. It's, uh, I believe it's a, a, a compact field of, of five runners in there, and they made the, uh, the one-horse Instagram one to two. Now, one to two sounds like, oh, my goodness, what do we have here? You've got a cultist one for one in wins by 10 going away, and it was very easily. It was at Los Alamitos Race Course. They were only going five panels that day, but this is a two-year-old, and they have to start somewhere, and this is the greatest time of year. Ten links wins for Jerry Hollendorfer. I think one to two in this field of five was actually probably pretty proper. One to two is, is a big, big, uh, a big, big, uh, nod to say this is the real deal runner after what we saw in a nice maiden break here drayden van dyke who's winning at a crisp 26 percent you gotta love these guys teaming up getting the rail i think it's a really nice cult by into mischief i i mean maybe one to two is, uh, is not for your liking and maybe the race is one that you actually watch or it might become a free spot on your pick three or pick four but I think Instagram is going to be incredibly tough. I, I don't like to stand on a one-to-two shot publicly too often, but I think they got a real deal here. Yeah, you know, and I was looking at it earlier, and I'm thinking, boy, you come out and in your debut run an 88 buyer. That's pretty solid, man. And then to, to see that he cleared the field like that, and obviously the word was out, but I think some of the word might have been directed to something I've got highlighted on my racing form, and that is 
this horse was a recent purchase for one point two million. Ed, incredible. To, to me, it, this is this is a fun time of year when you see the babies when when they're still running in the summer. You'll see them kind of wind up in the fall and put them away for the winter and bring them back for the campaign. But I really. I really respect this runner as of as of right now until until he decides to prove me wrong. I'm I'm all about Instagram here. I think this is a nice start. This is a great stepping stone. It's the grade two best pal. They're going six furlongs. He's gonna step up from five furlongs to six furlongs. This is all definitely within his wheelhouse, I believe. After watching that race, I was really, really taken by Instagram and you know, even even if I just watch the race for the for the sake of just being a, a guy that loves the races. In fact, I think Instagram will be a whole lot of fun if he actually comes back and duplicates half of that. But from a better standpoint, for the day, Flavian Pratt is out there, and if he's not in Chicago and if he's not in New York, if he's out there, it's for a reason, and it's probably to take down quite a few races. Uh, and I know that you are a big fan of him, and you've cashed a few bets recently uh, following that young rider, and I concur. I think he's one of the best new things on the horizon that, that's out there. Well, Ed, I only got about a minute left, but I'm, I was just kind of thinking you were talking about these horses and them going on. Uh, Churchill Downs is kind of close to your backyard. You're going to be making the foray down for the Breeders' Cup this year, or are you waiting to see what kind of offers come in for different sheiks they want you to share their body? <laughs> well, if I go down, it would be with you and maybe the gang from Winning Ponies. I, I think for quite a while we've been, you know, kind of, kind of tossing that around. It's they know it's you know it's close to both you and I, and it'd be a great time for for the Winning Ponies crew and you and I to come down and meet with them, and you know to kind of hang out and see the, probably one of the best racing days. Churchill really knows how to put on a show, and I. I I really get excited just going to Churchill, you know, and I, I can still remember blaming Zenyatta, and I'm going back, and I can remember <laughs> how my heart was beating, and I can remember getting nosed in a pick four that was going to pay boxcars. They know how to put on a show, and I think they're really set up for the Breeders' Cup. John, I'll tell you what, I'm all aboard if you are. All right, well, let's just hope Izzy and James are listening tonight, and, uh, and go ahead and... Uh... <laughs> Get online and see if they can't find a box for us, Ed. Hey, as always, great spending time with you. I love hearing your voice. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's just like uh, hanging out with my little brother. Well, I, I, I concur, John. And, and if your listeners are out there, hey, take pen and pencil in hand. And I'm telling you what, he brings nothing but the best guys in racing, people who love the game. And actually, if you pay attention, you might find a few winners on your day. And I hope you're right, because I've got Marcus Hirsch on standby. He's boots on the ground up there in the Windy City, Chicago, Arlington Park. All eyes will be up there, and I'm sure you'll be looking at some of these guaranteed pick threes and pick fours, Ed. So I wish you nothing but the best, and I might give you a call before the card, okay? Excellent. I look forward to it. Best of luck, John. Okay. As stated, Marcus Hirsch is on line with us. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of the... uh, uh, top writers and handicappers uh, for the Daily Racing Forum, Marcus Hirsch, is with us. You know, we had Marcus on oh, probably just about uh, six weeks ago or something, covering the uh, the Indiana Derby. Uh, we've had him on Not other even. times. July fourteenth. There, there you go. Uh, you know, yeah. he. Uh, he goes between, he follows the weather. When it gets cold in Chicago, he goes down to the fairgrounds. When it gets hot in uh, Louisiana, he goes up to Chicago. And uh, he's been working for the Forum for over a decade with us right now, Marcus Hirsch. Marcus, how you doing? Good. Almost two decades. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm in my 20th year with the Racing Forum, and I thank them for my employment. Yeah, don't we all? Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick your brain on this because... I mean, I was in diapers at the time, I'm sure, but I remember like yesterday when John Henry beat the Bart, and I say this every time I talk about this race, I still don't believe he beat him, even though you can go back and look at the photo and stuff. When you watch that live... Press box chatter about that today at our... I think it's an annual right of the week as people talking about that photo finish. <laughs> he, he obviously did, but it was just, I, when I watch it live, it's like, that didn't just happen, you know, and I know you can't fix a photo, but, uh, you know, to, to, to think about that, that little gelding and how he dug in for Shoemaker back in 81, and then to come back three years later with Chris McCarron and get the job done over a fantastic uh, Royal Heroine and Derby winner Gatto Del Sol. Uh, 
I mean, I, when I think back in the day, Marcus, the Arlington million, a million, a million dollars up for grabs. You had to drop everything and go to the track and watch that race on simulcast um, well, or on well, television. We did. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but my how times have changed. I mean, now oh, it's a million dollar race. That's nice. There's 1.2 million up at Saratoga next. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's amazing yeah. how uh, such an iconic race you, and uh, uh, you know has has changed. Do you remember your first million? Um, if you told me about it, I'd remember it. <laughs> a wad, Mackey, it might Marlin. have been Chester House. It might have been Chester House. Oh, okay, Jerry Bailey. Uh, um, yeah, and what I remember most of all was, if that was the year, was people of Marlington giving me a, giving me dirty looks because, not knowing any better, I didn't follow any protocols and just went wherever I wanted to after the race, and I think I violated a lot of norms of, of the <laughs> press at the time about access. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, doesn't this pass get me everywhere anytime I want to go? <laughs> do, you, do you remember um, when they raised the purse to $2 million for a year? No. What year was that? It, uh, I couldn't tell you. I'm really Powers bad with Ford or Geo Pony? I mean, but I'm trying to think. You know what? You know how many horses they got when they did that? 14? Seven. <laughs> wow. Isn't that weird? Is that we it? see that all the time now with uh, with the tracks that are offering these boxcar purses. I mean, it's supposed there was supposed to be a correlation between purses and field size, but it's definitely diminished over time. Okay, it was Chester House in two thousand. Yep, that was my first year. That yep. was my first year covering it, two thousand, because I was here right after they reopened, following their two dark years. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It was the gap. It was the three-year gap. And then they came. I guess they wanted to really make a splash, saying the million is now a two million. But uh, yeah, yes. and you do see it now, but you didn't see it as much, you know, back in 2000. I mean, normally that would bring out an overflow field back then. Now, and yeah, I hate I, to see it, you know, you see these grade ones all the time with a half a dozen horses in them. Oh, I know. I, I don't know that well. I mean, there have been a lot of really excellent millions, and, and uh, this year's is good too. I mean, I think the card top to bottom um, is really strong, uh, and I think the million is good. The Beverly G is excellent, um, and the Secretariat has thirteen horses and one of the stars of the of the three year old turf division. Um, great card, really. I definitely advise people to pull up the daily racing form past performances and dig in. Yeah, and of course, the Daily Racing Form, right under the race time or alongside it, will tell you what's up for grabs, uh, including, well, if we start with the Secretariat, you got a uh, a pick three, 50-cent pick three, that's $100,000 guaranteed, and then a $300,000 guaranteed late pick four starts right. on race nine, the Secretariat. So, with that said, uh, a race named after perhaps the greatest horse that ever looked through a bridle, um, the uh, 400,000, grade one. Now, the Secretariat is for three-year-olds, which uh, makes it kind of interesting. And they'll be going a mile and a quarter on the grass. As you know, not many three-year-olds have uh, run that distance unless they were in the Kentucky Derby. And uh, there's some interesting angles in this race. Of course, 
Aiden O'Brien's in town. He's won his fair share in Chicago on this weekend, and he's won this race four times, but neither of his horses are a complete standout, though Huntinghorn may be. Have, have the edge of the two but there's a couple up-and-comers in here marcus and i'm gonna pick your brain on them because okay had it not been for catholic boy analyze it would be undefeated and uh, i know you alluded to in some of your uh oh, what was the one quote you gave that depending on what the weather is going to be either way it's going to be a brownout at Arlington Park this week and this one just one of the many powerful horses that comes from the Chad Brown barn analyze it and I'll tell you what it's going to be like Saratoga in Chicago you've got a half a dozen New York based uh, jocks up there this weekend oh yeah and a lot of Chad Brown horses so who, who, who are the horses you wanted to ask about well, uh, analyze it for starts. I mean, uh, he's uh, the morning line yeah, favorite, well, he, but he's yeah. unbelievable. He's a known he's a known quantity. He was one to five in the Penine Ridge or Penine Ridge. I'm not actually sure to pronounce that. Um, I I, uh, I thought this horse was an absolute star after the Transylvania, and I, I don't couldn't really fault the way he ran there. Um, his first three races, he won by open lengths. Um, and the way, I mean, the race definitely revolves around him. There, here's here's how I look at it. I mean, I thought that it looked like he lost focus and put his feet in the ground after he'd passed Catholic Boy on both of those races. And without taking away from Catholic Boy's victory, and when people say that, what they really mean is, I'm about to take away from it, but I'm sorry for having to do so. It's just my opinion. <laughs> Um, I thought it was as much analyze it coming back as Catholic boy coming on. Um, so that's one thing. Um, what's going on in his head, if it's in his head, to um, change the way he was running earlier, his first three starts when he finished off the competition easily, to you know, losing focus or whatever he was doing, waiting on the other horse. Um, and if it's in his head, is it something that's going to keep happening and even if it does happen, is there anyone good enough to beat him if he does that? The other possibility is, um, you know, he he's out of a consolidator mare. That's not a like that's not some two mile pedigree. You know, he he may be cut out to be a mile, or where he's best up to a mile and an eighth, and maybe you know just looked like he was he lost his focus, and maybe he made his run and got tired at a mile and a quarter in those two races. Now. Again, if that's the reason, is there anybody good enough here to take advantage of his vulnerability over that distance of ground? If that's if he has that, I mean, point of entry, you know, could go by on the half his sire. Um, but it, I mean, it's a really interesting case. Uh, he's going to be less than two to one, I believe. I think he'll be a pretty defined favorite. Um, and I wanted to take him on in a lot of ways, but I ended up picking him and. I'm still figuring out how to treat him in, you know, the pick X's. And, uh, I mean, you got to figure out whether you want to single this horse or if this is a horse you want to beat. And maybe you can touch it and try to do both things in, in different combinations or different bets. Um, but I think he has all the talent in the world, and I'm excited about getting to see him race. Um, I, I guess a, a price horse in here that seems to improve bit by bit every start and has only lost one race in his career by kitten's joy so yeah 
not worried about the grass. And that would be Sniper Kitten, one of my favorite jockeys, Brian Hernandez, coming in to ride it. Uh, um, I, I'm not guy. crazy about its town, uh, about this horse's times, but I am crazy about his career. He seems to be getting better every start. No, he's run some. Um, he's a, he is an interesting horse, and I wouldn't try to talk anybody off him really because um, uh, I agree he is a progressive type. Um, it was a step up, you know, to run in the Mystic Lake Derby. I mean, he beat Captivating Moon, who, you know, was favored in that race and is in this race. Big Jelly, who whom he beat at Keeneland, uh, was second in the quick call, I believe, going short at Saratoga yesterday. Um, and he won a decent maiden race. Um, yeah, I know that I, I talked to the trainer just after the Mystic Lake Derby, and I know that they've had this race in mind for a long time. I also know that Mr. Ramsey, the owner, the co-owner, had a, a horse he was going to enter as a rabbit, although it might not have been described as such. So that, <laughs> you know, if they were going to go to the trouble to do that, they think the horse is worth worth that bother. Um, but there's enough speed here, I guess, they thought that that wasn't necessary. I mean, I, He's going to be a, a good, solid price in the race. Twelve to one is his line. I would say he'll be every bit of that. Um, and I'm probably, I'm probably not backing him. I mean, the horse, no brag, just fact, is actually running on the card. That's the horse who was second in the Mystic Lake Derby. He's running in the Bruce T Memorial earlier on this card. He's a decent type. Obviously, this horse is facing a lot better, but as you say, he has won three in a row, and who's to say he can't continue to improve as needed? All right. Well, Marcus Hirsch from the Daily Racing Forum. We're talking with him. We just covered the Secretariat, and uh, my producer's telling me I only got two minutes to go. So, Marcus, keep that in your head when we go to the Arlington Million itself. Looks like the favorites on the outside, and from your observation, it looks like I'm going to ask you, are the Euros not as strong this year as they have been in the past editions of the Arlington Million? I'm not thrilled with the, um, the overall shape of them. I don't give uh, Circus Couture any chance, all credit to his connections for coming here, and maybe he'll surprise me. I am not a Deauville fan. I just don't think that he's improved much at all over the last year. The one I'd be interested in at all is Century Dream, um, who I will be using in some way, but I ended up not picking him in the top three. I think this is a really, really hard race. Oh, to be clear, the Visadero is scratching for anybody who's interested in that. He's, he's running in the four-star Dave at, um, yes. at Saratoga. Spring quality ended up being my top pick, and I may be using my heart as much as my head here because I'm a fan of the horse and his whole story. But um, And if you're interested, you can read about that. I wrote a feature on the horse and the trainer and the owner for the racing form. I'll, I mean, I, I give Almanar and Robert Bruce and uh, the horse you mentioned first, Oscar Performance. I think those are all capable horses um, with a really great chance to win. It, to me, it's very wide open. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Well, uh, Marcus Hirsch, I've got to close this segment out. I know you're going to be really, really busy. I hope the form's sending you some help up there. I see Marty's Marty Marty McGee. Up. Yes, he's been penning a few stories during the week, and a big week it is up in Chicago, and uh, you know those, those are your stomping grounds. Hope you have a great day, and remember, just because you got a press pass, you can't go anywhere on the track, okay? I've learned that. <laughs>
All right. All right, Josh, talk Thanks with for having me on. All right, Marcus. Thanks for joining us. And Marcus Hirsch from the Daily Racing Forum. And then uh, Ed Meyer from everywhere in the racing world. I'm John Engelhart uh, for Winning Ponies. Pull down those easy win forms and we'll help you get through this tough weekend of really top racing from coast to coast. I'm your host, John Engelhart. Josh by gosh is our producer. We want to thank Ed Meyer and Marcus Hirsch. And remind you, when you go to the races... Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.